Well, we are at the end of our show. Thank you everyone for hanging out. Next week, we have the mayor. Well, we call him the mayor for us. So we have Jack Meyer on our show, long awaited. Then the week after that, we have Anne, who's going to come on right before Cool Moon. So maybe we'll get a little inside scoop from the CoRD. Very excited for that. Um, as always, we're just so thankful for everyone who shows up and donates and volunteers for this community that we love so much. Um, if you are on Facebook or Instagram right now, jump on the Zoom. It's in our bio or I posted it on the video because um, we're going to do a little post show, but it's free for everyone. So come and join us. Podcast listeners, check out our Patreon. We'll have the video and the audio for the May 2023. After that, we're going to lock it down. You have to pay a dollar to see it. So thank you guys so much. Um, if you're new to us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. It's all at the Mile 99 interview. We thank you guys so much, and we'll see you on the trails. Hang on for the post show. Be on the Bye. trails and stick around if you want to stay on the post show. This is a moment where we look around awkwardly at, at various screens and pretend like we're not no, watching everybody. Uh, no, let's be clear. Greg and I are doing something. <laughs> I'm just thinking right. about, yeah, I'm looking around. The live, <clears throat> the live stream is off, and this is the official post show. So anybody that's uh, still here on the Zoom, uh, we are recording, and uh, we will be posting this on Patreon. Jess. Thanks, Greg. Keys messaged me and asked me to ask Craig about the hat, but you already did it. Um, you already talked about it. And I'm going to guess, like, that has something to do with it's a chainsaw brand or chainsaw something. This is his name. Je J that's his last name. Jasha Reynolds. And okay. He has his own chainsaw shop. He rebuilds saws. Very uh, he, cool. He's a former logger, a uh, very skilled chainsaw operator, in my understanding. I haven't cut with him, but uh, he saw that we've been doing all this work and he contacted me and said, hey, I'd like to give you a chainsaw care package. And I, okay, no one's ever done that before. What the hell's up? And uh, Matt and I brainstormed what we what we wanted, and we gave him a list. And it showed up in the mail, and he wants to do more. So he keeps asking, us, "You you need any more change? You need any more whatever?" Uh, we, were, we were going through what, a weird request that we had is because of the black cutting in the black. Our air filters, probably just like our lungs, were just dirty as heck. Every single day, we had to clean the air filters and. He gave us four air filters so we could just swap out quickly. Uh, when we do back-to-back -back days, it's we don't spend a whole lot of time working on our saws each evening. So it's easier to just switch out chains and switch out uh, air filters. So he helped us in in that weird request. So And he gave us files and, and wedges and uh, some cool stuff. Weird. Think that if you know about saws, you're thankful you got them. Yeah. Um, I have a question, Craig. Yeah. What happened <laughs> with that picture you posted where you were completely covered in ash? Where were you working? Matt, can you unmute and talk about it? Can you can can Matt undo it? I don't know. We've already had Matt on the episode on the okay. show. No, he's got to tell the story. Okay. He's uh he's looked like that almost every day we've got <laughs> him black. Yeah. I think he's. I think he has his phone out, pulling selfies and just checking his makeup all the time. I think he touches his face a lot. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you gonna tell him when I? Oh <laughs> God, you know what I'm at. You know what I'm setting you up for. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not like you got to tell your damn dog joke. <laughs> Although that would be funny. Not but, doing that. 
not doing that. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Email, you know that p- picture that Craig posted where his face is completely covered yeah. in ash? Oh, no. Okay, well, where were you? Like, how does oh, that happen? Want- Did anyone else look like that? Oh, LB, you want to talk about when we got back to my house? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. So. So we we did five days. Uh, so after those hazard trees were filled, we did five days bucking those off the trail, just in in a mile and a half, two miles of trail. And uh, one of those days, we came back to my house, and Craig's wife and my wife were here making dinner for us. And we walk in front door, we walk into the kitchen, and we're just we're just covered in black. And but <laughs> my, my wife took out her phone and snapped a picture of Craig. And uh, and Craig's wife said, "You need to go get in the shower." And he said, "Oh no, I'm fine." And he was covered like that, head to toe, just black. <laughs> and I turned to him and said, "Now, before you sit on anything, you do need to go get in the shower." Yeah, he. Uh, uh, our, our our friend Monkey Boy had a suggestion for him. I don't know, but I don't know if you know about Craig's bathing habits. But we're trying to get a garbage disposal installed in his hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, sounds like the outdoor shower is in uh, is in order for any of these days. <laughs> I, I had no idea I was that dirty each day. I really didn't. Uh, I don't know my sweating pattern or my face shield. I don't know was different than others, but I was really really dirty every single day, and I didn't but know. You're supposed to say you worked harder. If Matt came home and didn't look like that, you're uh, like I worked harder. No, uh, I don't know. There's something weird. I sweat, sweat. I sweat like an old man now, and like a grandpa. And- one of, the, one of the goals of doing these work days is they want they try to keep their saw running all day long. You know, you only turn it off to refuel. There was so much cutting to do with bucking the hazard trees. It's just like the goal is just keep cutting all day long. It's 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 cutting like we've never done before. Like like we're we're gonna go cut tomorrow, and I'm kind of looking forward to the long walk. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean that was something I I wanted to mention, but it, it just went through my head uh, during the live show. It's it, just to um, really, I mean, and maybe it's obvious, but just to stress the fact that I mean you're carrying in everything, like all this equipment on your backs, and you know this is not light equipment. Um, you know, gas cans, I'm guessing, and other things, and maintenance items, and all that. Um, so this is yeah, this is not just doing the actual work; it's getting all the stuff in and out, right? Yeah, but I. I, I... I'm not going to get credit for all this because I we we changed the model uh, probably 15 years ago up at Waldo. It was the Sawyer would always carry their own saw, and I was doing trail work on the Waldo Trail with Megan Megan Canfield, and forget how many miles we did seven or eight miles it wasn't a huge day, but it was a significant day, and I was just beat. And we're hiking back to camp, and she says, "Oh, I want to go do a tempo run. Do you want to go?" I'm like, what? <laughs> you want to do a freaking tempo run? No, I'm wasted tired. Tomorrow you're carrying the saw. So she carried the saw on her back, and I cut. And so we brought that down here, which is it was it was hard for people who've been used to carrying their own saw because it's part of their identity, you know. Um, but yeah, the swampers carried the saw. I don't I don't carry the saw. Hmm. Division of labor. It sounds like a good idea. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Go ahead. Matt wants to. <laughs> <laughs> it's still recorded. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's muting and walking away. <laughs> we call those we call those uh, swampers. 
as we talked about already, but we also have a, another term that we use for, for someone who, uh, who carries the saw and, and hopefully they get to the point like Joe's getting to the point now where he can refuel my saw and put oil in it. And, um, I, the, the swamper eventually, I hope the swampers, I don't have to do anything, but put the saw down and say, I need, I need it to operate. I need it to run again. And then all I got to do like a surgeon. I just got to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes sense. I'm kind of a prima donna and I, and I've, I've, I've turned Matt into that too. <laughs> <laughs> but the swampers do the majority of the <laughs> mules, caddy servants, not quite Dan, but <laughs> close. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it in the post post show or yeah, the non-recorded <laughs> section <laughs> come out with us and work with us and we'll share you the term it actually came from monkey boy the original term i have a question You're i have a lot of questions yeah. I, I but i just always do so i know you guys are there for like a long time um this is just gonna sound stupid but um like do you guys eat <laughs> do you bring food or like I just see long days. Are people like carrying their backpacks with gels or like uncrustables or what are we doing for food out there? Well, we definitely have to bring food and yeah. sodas. Yeah, ab absolutely. And the Sawyer needs to be, if you're cutting, if you're cutting a lot, uh, it's really fatiguing, especially if you got uh, top vines, which means the, the tree is, is going to fall down in the middle. So the last cut of your saw has to be up. If you just cut straight down, it's going to pinch it. You won't be able to go. So you got to do all these up cuts. And you, the more tired you get, you know, the more dangerous it becomes. So the, the, the more effort you can put onto somebody else, the, the swamper, it really is a matter of efficiency, being, being a team that can cut the most and swamp the most. Um, and that makes the most sense. And Matt and I and Keenan, uh, Todd, we were, we were cutting really long days, burning six and seven tanks of, of fuel, which is a tremendous amount of, of, of cutting and anything that you can offload to, to another part of the team to make your team more efficient is, is it just allows you to do a whole lot more. So yeah, we absolutely have to eat and drink and drink particularly hot weather. Everybody's coming back cramps at the end of the day. Clampy. Mm, no Quite. doubt. Um, in the little untrained chainsaw work that I've done in the past, and this was mostly back when I lived in New Hampshire, I did have a, a hand-me-down saw from my grandfather and all that. And I had chaps and I had, you know, like a full um, screen face mask and the whole thing. So like I tried to be as safe as I could, not really knowing though. Um, but one of the things that always kind of struck me and, and even just doing some handsaw work uh, back in April out there clearing some brush was just the dynamic forces that these trees have stored in them and how quickly it can unleash in ways that you can't even predict. And so that's always kind of just been a fear of mine is getting taken out by something. And I'm assuming that's, uh, you learn about that during kind of like the, um, the certification process. Is that right? Or, or how do you, how do you evaluate the situation, especially with these incredibly complex, you know, uh, layers of trees maybe falling on each other and binding up? I think I'm gonna let you answer this, Matt. But I'm first gonna say that fear is good. Don't let that fear go away because this is really serious stuff. And yeah, you can get hurt. And I've been in several situations already this year where, like, oh wow, I could have really just got hurt. Um, 
but I don't know. You can't, you can't immediately learn. Go, go ahead, Matt. You, you, you. No, that's great. Answer it. I, 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 yeah, I would just, I would just add. Uh, yeah, Greg, I think the, the, if you go and get a chainsaw certification, which I've done and then recertified, it's, it's mostly about how to be safe with your saw, but we only, you know, uh, for, for example, my, my initial, uh, my initial certification, the hands-on was done in a campground and we were basically cutting up trees that were already down into firewood size stuff. It was, there was nothing complex about it. Um, this, the cutting that we've done on the private land on Cal street has been really challenging. Um, the cutting, well, we're Craig and I have now both scouted from devil's thumb down to swinging bridge. We'll have some interesting stuff to do out there. Uh, we're going to go do that tomorrow ahead of the, the group effort on, on Sunday. And, uh, you know, you, if you walk into something it, it, as, as runners, if you've gone out there before somebody has cleared a tree, we go out there and you look at it and sometimes you can crawl through, right? And other times you kind of have to go, go above or go below the tree on the trail. When we walk up to that, it's not just fire up the saw. If it's one tree across and it's really simple, it might be that. But a lot of times it's kind of picking the thing apart and, and figuring out where do I start? Um, and, and, and just, just mitigating. I'd love that you used, I think you used the word energy. There's a lot of energy in there. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and you talk about releasing that energy. Okay. There's things about to release, right? Which, which way do I think it's going to go is, are both ends going to go down? When I cut this here, are both ends going to go down. Is this going to go down? This is going to go up. Is it going to come back toward me? Uh, all those things. So, so trying to read those, we call those binds. Craig talked about a top bind where, you know, where it's suspended on both sides and you cut it, it wants to go down. Well, if you cut straight down your bars, your bars stuck in there. It's not, you're going to have to deal with that. So, so it, it's just picking it apart and, you know, I've, I've been out with a couple of folks last year cutting in El Dorado Canyon, Caleb and Taylor, who'd never, never been out and seen a chainsaw run before. And, you know, we walked up on this oak that had dropped a couple other firs and conifers down and like, where do you even start? Well, <laughs> you just, you just start, you pick, you pick up uh, something that you can cut safely and, and pick away at it. So maybe that's, maybe that's a longer answer than you wanted, but no, uh, it, it, it can be pretty complex. And, and honestly, when I first started cutting, coming from, you know, I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up cutting firewood with my dad. It's nothing like what we're doing out here. It's mm -hmm. not. It's nothing like that. You you would if you were out cutting firewood and you saw some of these trees down, you just go find a different tree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll add to that that because I can do it from kind of afar from these two guys. But it's one thing to get certified. It's another thing to have a mentor to kind of help you work through that problem solving on complicated trees. And so Craig's really good at been great at mentoring. Now Matt is too. Um, and it's great to like have somebody that has been through all those scenarios to sit there and look at a problem and decide how to attack it. And every one of those complicated projects you take on, you learn more. So it's, it's really more on the job than just getting the certification in a campground, uh, for eight hours. I feel like this should have been part of the episode. This episode was really great. Good information. Well, we, we get a lot of people who, especially when they see the, the social media posts, like, oh, I live in Alaska. I cut trees all the time. I want to help you. Like, if, if you're not willing to spend this amount of time that Matt just described and John described, where you go through this mentoring, it takes years to really get exposed to enough uh, scenarios that you can understand, that you can predict what the hell is this tree going to do? 
like a root wad failure that stands back up. If you've never cut a tree that stood back up, uh, you need to have that experience firsthand. You, and, and when it happens to you, you're like, oh my goodness, that was that was crazy. I did not expect that to stand back up. But you need to be exposed. You need to continue to put yourself in positions to learn how how to uh, how these these trees can release their energy and what they're going to do. And it takes a long time. And to cut for a full day, cutting seven seven fuel tanks, um, you're using all your skills to keep that saw running for that that many hours without continually trying to get it unstuck because you didn't read the bind, right? You got to read the binds immediately, see when the curve changes, like, oh, this moved, so I got to cut a different way. And that takes, that takes years to develop the, to the skill. That it like everything sometimes so not familiar, the language you guys are saying and like the concept that I'm understanding is like, it relates so much to trail running or like outside adventuring or something like it takes years to finesse and get it right or get really good at it and you need a mentor or you need a running buddy or a training buddy or a coach or so I just think that there's so many parallels between working on the trail being experienced there and then actually enjoying it recreationally or as an endurance athlete so I just think that's so cool I am I'm on a plan I gotta get my kids a little older and then I'm gonna be out there and I'm gonna be really really good at it I'm gonna gonna be really good at it I'm going to carry all the snacks. I'm going to be a mule or a caddy or a servant for as long (laughs) as I have to. I don't even swamp or whatever. I'll do it. I'm going to be so good. But our show, we are wrapping up. So I'm going to kick everyone out of here. Thank you guys for joining. John and Craig, you can stay on. Everyone else, thank you so much for, um, this was a really rad post show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. See you on the trails.